We would like to introduce the Local Legends series. These episodes, we will be chatting with some of the best on-track talent I have ever had the pleasure to see play on the track and have the ultimate experience as a fan that has turned player to share the track with them in scrimmages and games. This is Half Calf Giraffe, and you are listening to Out From Under the Bed, a Meowder Limits production. Welcome, everybody. You are listening to Out From Under the Bed, a Meowder Limits production. I am your host, the Boogeyman, joined by my co-host, co-producer of the program, Master Sedator. Hello. We're here at the Meowder Limits studios this evening, sitting down with another local retired legend, Catastrophic or Devo, former Arizona Derby Dame. Now she is doing some other things still within the community, making jewelry. But here she is to tell her story. Let's welcome Devo to the program. Yeah. Hi. <laughs> hey. <laughs> All right. So did you skate as a kid or was this something you did as an adult? Um, I did skate as a kid. My parents got me um, an awesome pair of like pink and white skates. <laughs> When I was like, I don't know, like seven or eight. Um, I have an awesome picture my parents took of me. Glasses bigger than my face. My hair was very 80s curly, t- bigger than my head. And uh, stirrup pants. Stirrup oh, yeah. pants. Nice. Inside of the skates, you know, for optimum momentum. But, uh, <laughs> you got a brick on the inside so it don't yeah. slip off. So, uh, I have a picture of uh, that my parents took of me in front of my house. And then, like, I grew up in between gro- going to, like, Great Skate and uh, Roll Arrow oh, with the wood floor. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, so I grew up, like, skating here and there um, and then skateboarding, too. So Right on. So you're pretty familiar with um, wheels and such. So how did Roller Derby show up on your radar at the time of 2004 or so yeah yeah i think it was late 2003 early 2004 um so my mom had passed away and um i did not want to go to my senior prom and my dad guilt tripped me He's like, your mom wanted you to go. And how do you argue with dead mom? So, uh, so I was like, okay, cool. Well, I'm going to go, but I, you have to buy me whatever dress I want. My dad's like, all right, deal. So, um, I bought a plaid ball gown and my date wore a kilt tux and that matched it. And he had, uh, a mohawk and I had like the charged hair which is like where it looks like you stuck your finger in a light socket um but we went to prom got pictures to prove we were there <laughs> and then uh he's like hey let's go watch this roller derby game and I was like what's roller derby and he's like oh it's like this game on skates he was very poor at like <laughs> describing what it was but so we went and it was at um Surfside Skateland. So, and it was 
think like three or four bouts deep from them starting the league. So um, we were sitting there. Um, obviously, we were drawing attention by how we were dressed and everything. And Tenacious T was sitting behind us because she had been injured. And I was like, I was talking to uh, my then boyfriend at the time. And I was like, oh, man, like, this is the coolest thing I've ever seen. I totally want to do this. Like, and she like slithered on right in there and was like, <laughs> yeah. let me tell you about roller derby. And um, so she um, told me to come to practice and I went to practice and I was on the terrible rental skates. And then like someone had extra pads, which are also terrible. Anyone in Derby knows that like used pads are like Fritos and cat pee. It's just like, <laughs> I don't know what it is. Like they, they could never be around cats or Fritos. And that's what they smell like. But so I joined, I told my dad and my dad's like, you better go and join roller derby. But, um, so your dad was in on you joining the roller derby. Oh no, he hated it. Oh, he, he absolutely it. was like, you're going to get hurt. Uh, again, my mom had passed away. So he was like very protective over my sisters and I as well. So he's just like, I don't want you to do this. I think it's a bad idea. Like you're going to, he's like, you're a hairdresser. What happens if you break your hands? Like uh what happens if you break your ankle um fun fact first uh injury i ever got around roller derby had nothing to do with roller derby i stepped off a curb in the parking lot of surfside and yeah just in my ankle yeah, yeah that'll happen so <laughs> go back to uh when um you got <laughs> you got slithered up on to join roller derby Let's in the best possible way in the best possible way well yeah i mean whenever <laughs> You know how this recruitment shit goes. Yeah. You got to really sneak in there. Sometimes you over, just like yeah. how they got you. You just, you, they just appear there. You just yeah. appear there. Here, take this flyer. Yeah. So were you handed a flyer after that? Like, how um, did you get this I information? I think she did give me a flyer. And it just like had the information on it of like, hey, you know, roller derby. Okay. Uh, and like, then you went out to that and practice stuff. and stuff yeah. with the feet and the corn chips pads. <laughs> I don't know. That's borrowed helmet, like borrowed everything. No mouth guard. <laughs> well, I don't think anybody was wearing any sort of like correct safety gear back in those days anyways. For the most part, it was just enough to get by. Yeah. You know, like, well, that's a knee pad. That's an elbow pad. Like no mouth guard. Eh? Nobody Try really not to knew bite your tongue off. You'll be fine. Anything. <laughs> we were, like you said, we were just like doing our best to get by. And your first practices were with uh, AZRD, yeah? Yes. Because that's um, that was the only game in town at the time, right? Yeah, I was on AZRD until, I believe, 2006. And um, so roller derby, was that going to be your first team sport? Oh, no. I played, like, soccer. I was, like, <laughs> this kind of shocked some people. Um, I am a four-time varsity swimmer. Hey. Awesome. <laughs> Hell yeah. That's fucking went, rad. Went to state several times, uh, for butterfly, uh, which is hey. a really hard stroke and I <laughs> hate it. Um, really hated it, but the, um, I had a really amazing coach and she's like, I know you hate it, but you're really good at it. So <laughs> you're going to do it. So, um, 
I would do individual on that, but I would also like do in relays. I would do butterfly in that, but yeah, I did like soccer and stuff when I was a kid and okay, stuff so like that. So you were no stranger to getting into competitive sports and or a sport where you're going to, you know, bump around. Oh, yeah. You know, there was there's bumping around in soccer. There's there's some shit oh, yeah. that you could do um, that the Europeans, in my opinion, like ruin the game with the flopping. <laughs> but soccer used to be like a full contact sport when I used to watch it when I was little. It used to be so rad. I never played it, but. It used we to be super contact. rugged. I feel like we did. It full used to be so rugged, kids. It used to be so rugged, but um, but the now they have the spray, the magic spray, what? when like a dude soccer player gets their ear flicked and they'll fall on the ground to get the card. They'll bring the stretcher out there. Have you watched modern soccer? It's a joke. I have not. It's so like you should check it out just for. I mean, these are just my opinions. So just so just so you know uh, how it is with sports in my house, when they like at my kids' preschool, when they like filled out the thing of like for Josh, uh, my partner of like for our son, they're like, oh, what do you do with what sports do you watch with dad? His answer was, we don't do that. So like, <laughs> there's that. So he does watch sports sometimes, but like, I don't know. Roller derby was about it. My kids are familiar with roller derby. Well, hey, that's okay. <laughs> it you know, roller derby's fucking rad. So having you know an athlete mindset and what have you, did that kind of give you an advantage? Like in your opinion, showing up to progress as a roller derby skater absolutely not roller derby was like not athletic in the, well, okay i shouldn't say it wasn't athletic in the beginning it was athletic in the beginning it was just athletic in a different way um i feel like it wasn't as regimented as some of the sports that i was in when i first started when my career ended it definitely was it became like a, more yeah. established and regimented yeah. at that yeah time like the sports of growing up. Right. But exactly. So getting, you know, getting, you know, just having that athlete's mindset and what have you. Um, I always found it to be easier from playing sports, like getting into another sport, even though it wasn't that regimented when I started doing it either yeah. somewhat. Um, it was like, okay, well, I've been hit really hard before while running a football. So like, what's going to be the difference between this or that? It's like, eh, you know, I wasn't scared to get crushed or whatnot, right. you know, so um, I I thought that was an advantage to me. Yeah, know, I like, feel like maybe playing um, team sports prior to the beginning of my career derby did help me be like more of a team player and help me listen to the people trying to teach me things. Um, because... I knew how to skate, but I didn't know how to skate how I needed to skate for roller derby. Like, I didn't know what crossovers were. Like, I didn't know what a T-stop was or, um, like, hockey stops or anything. Like, again, I skated at, like, Great Skate, Rolero, like, roller rinks. I wasn't, like, you know doing the derby yet <laughs> so you would those were those were some of the challenges going in as far as like learning the game of roller derby like okay well i can be coached and stuff but i don't know how to do all this other shit so right right what was the most difficult thing 
out of all those things you mentioned, you were like, shit, dude, and like possibly still struggled with up until your last day? So, okay. Um, so crossovers were hard at the beginning because I skated very tall and uh skating low has always been a challenge so um i think the thing oh oh one thing that i never got my entire career and there is a reason for it is i think anyway is um when you're doing when you're turning around when you're skating forward and you're turning around where you're supposed to like open the gate close the gate Mm -hmm. i'm sure you guys have heard that term before Yeah. yeah and you're you like mohawk skate for a little bit where you're like heel to heel when i was younger i did dance and i had to stop doing it because i started getting like duck feet from my hips turning out so like i had to literally train my feet to not do that so i think from training to get back to not do the duck feet my legs are like you're not doing that anymore when i was trying to mohawk skate so i like pivot when i do it which is not a super huge deal on flat track i guess but like when you're on the bank track you could definitely break an ankle Mm. doing that so like it is definitely not something you are supposed to um i did manage to get an open the door close the door at least once though maybe twice because i had to do it to pass the skills test to be drafted so on um the derby dames so did any anything come naturally to you um, being familiar with skating growing up i mean fighting at first uh- <laughs> <laughs> i grew up with two sisters so like uh no i was really actually i was really comfortable fighting at first because like we could fight and stuff each other back then um no i don't know i think it's one of those things that like once something clicked for me it clicked so i could do it but it was it was getting it to click yeah so like sometimes it took me a a little while but like um i don't know that was i don't know i don't know if anything really came naturally all right like i had to try hard for for all the things (laughs) yeah i feel that so when you were with when you were with uh azrd uh, what team did you get drafted to first there? Um, so I first got drafted to the Smash Squad when it was a team. Mm-hmm. I believe it became their their like new blood or fresh meat or like whatever. It's it's always called something different. For yeah, different I leagues, can't. But, like, I can't remember either. Um, off the top of my head. Yeah, I I believe that's what it became. But um, it was a team at first, and then um, I. Th- think when they decided that it was going to be like their fresh meat team or or whatever it became um i was on the surly girlies the drunken pirate team yeah that so gimmicks mm-hmm. is uh one of my favorite things mm-hmm. in roller derby being a pro <laughs> wrestling fan and between the bad news beaters and the surly girlies um as far as the azrd teams go those are always my favorite because of the gimmick the outfits and just the shit that they did was 
Hell yeah. Those teams are fucking awesome. We did a really cool photo shoot at this dude's house in his backyard because he had like a replica of a pirate ship built in his backyard. It was so freaking cool. That's so we, way rare. I don't I wish I had copies of those pictures. I have was, no idea where those are. <laughs> so okay. So talking about the uh the surly girlies and stuff. Back in the day, they used to be featured on KUPD sometimes um, with Talk Like a Pirate Guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, who's that captain? Were you ever a part of that? I was not. I think I was on the team when that was happening, but I was never a part of that. But you never that. got on the yeah. radio or anything? I was always curious. Like, who, who can I talk to about this? Because it used to be fun. Like, I don't know. He used to say some like things like Meals on Wheels. or He would say some pretty weird stuff. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I was like, oh man, he's not getting punched in his face for this. I guess. Uh, <laughs> I guess that's okay. I don't remember that, but <laughs> yeah, like he said it on the radio a couple times. But I don't know. Either way, um, but yeah, that's uh, that's pretty rad. The Surly Girlies have uh, always been one of my favorites because of their badass gimmick. So, how many uh, how many seasons did you play over at AZRD? So um i'm not sure how many seasons i just know the years that i played there so i played there until 2006 um i was there for the first league split with az rd where it went from azrd to azrd and renegades there um the french kiss army went and made renegades does that make sense a whole team left yes. AZR, AZRD and became the Renegade Roller Girls. Yes. So I was, on AZ, I was on AZRD, Arizona. I was, it gets confusing, sorry. I was on, for people listening, I was on Arizona Roller Derby um, when that league split happened. And I stayed with Arizona Roller Derby for a while. And then there was... Um, you know, as league splits went, especially back then, it was like there was like a lot of bad blood and yeah. it was like a, there was a lot of feuds. So um, I was dating some guy who said to one of their to one of the renegade roller girls that I was unhappy at AZRD and they were like, you need to leave. I was like, what? And they're like, we heard that you were that like your significant other was saying that you were unhappy. So like resign or we're going to kick you out. And I was like, Oh, Oh, and like, I loved roller derby. I had no idea what was going on. And I kind of just like, left. it's, I don't like hold any like ill will towards AZRD or anything. Like yeah, I said, it was in the day anyway. and it was in the days, like I said, like the feuds were bad. Real. It was, yeah, it was real. Like it wasn't just like, Oh, I don't like her. Like, People were doing some shady stuff. It was like not cool. So I I get why they were in the position that they were in. Um, but also Renegade was like, we'll take you. Yeah, like hey, so, come on over here. Yeah. So um plus, you know, it was I think it was a good thing for me as well because AZRD had really kind of like blown up. They got like really big. And it got to the point where like there were a lot more experienced skaters than I was and I needed a little more like one-on-one help. So I feel like it just wasn't the right place for me anymore anyway to like grow as a skater because 
practices were like 150 girls. So like, I mean, it was like huge. So it was like very, um, hard to get that one-on-one help because like they only had so many trainers too. So when I went to, uh, Renegade Roller Girls, like it was, I think like 30 or 40 girls. So, um, maybe a little less than that, but so I did get a little more like one-on-one stuff, but it was all, it was a little scarier because (laughs) there were a lot less rules to hide behind. (laughs) So there was a lot more potential to get hurt. Um, thankfully that, thankfully the, I did get some injuries, but they were not major. They were not super major. All right, so let's let's talk a little bit about the uh, the uh, Renegade Roller Girls here in um, Arizona. Uh, the games mm-hmm. they were next to like Madison Street Jail or something like that. Like <laughs> I remember them being in that some crazy location, <laughs> and then like the pole in the middle of it. Like okay, well when I started, I wasn't fortunate enough to see a game at that location. When when I started, but I've always heard stories. Okay. Well, when I started, it was at one of the skate lands. I want to say Mesa Skate Lands, maybe. I don't know. There were some games there, and then something happened where we didn't. Uh, I think it was one of the feud things. I think it was like Surfside Skate Land is closed down, so like AZRD came to practice over there or something. I don't know. Something happened, so like. Renegade got kicked out of that area or, or they were just like, Hey, we're not going to let you practice here anymore. Sort of situation. So I forget who it was. I think it may have been Joanne Thrax who found this. It was like called the Madison event center. Um, there were two buildings. That's what it was. So yeah, there were two buildings. One was definitely sketchier than the other. So, um, it was across the street from fourth avenue jail um however so it was a really cool place though so um the first place we were practicing was we were practicing in the two-story building that was right next to where would eventually become the madison event center um the two-story building was real hot no ac it was terrible um but we practiced all year round and it was fun sometimes sometimes more fun than others um but we would skate up there um on the second story and um then when the it had gotten taken over by a new owner and they redid like the building next to it which became the madison event center and that was where we eventually um had our bouts and stuff awesome and shout out to uh dr thrax who is no longer with us yeah, she is an amazing human being. Yeah, one of the one of the coolest people I ever met, um, and truly a staple within the uh, local roller derby community here in Arizona. Um, so, the learning curve behind not hiding behind some of these rules with the renegades—I got so many questions about this. How was it? How was it getting side tackled for the first time? If that ever happened to you by yep. a skater coming across the middle of the track, uh, was that yeah. jarring the first time uh, that happened? Yeah, 
a thousand percent like climbed like a spider monkey several times <laughs> so like and at the time i okay full disclosure i was not good at recoveries until um the derby dame so like <laughs> um it's i would go down i would go down hard and it was not a fun situation but yeah it was i would get tackled um there was one time i got hit in the face that was on accident though um but like there were crazy like whips and stuff like oh i remember the first time i saw a turnaround whip that was with renegades and i was like well i can't do that i hope they don't expect that because <laughs> um uh, i could do them by the time i left but um um yeah they were just like they had gotten a bad reputation but they were all really high caliber skaters they like were fun games yeah dude. and they skated like in skate parks and like basically any place that they could and yeah, casey carnage was uh one of the first people who i, I was casey park skating so here in the state with it was mm -hmm. me her uh dana um i forget what her skate name was but it was like four of us then my girlfriend at the time recycle her mm -hmm. but yeah so the renegade chicks were always so awesome and uh yeah so i just had some questions about the side tackling because i was blown away <laughs> when i first saw that my yeah. first renegades game i was like all right this should be a lot of fun i uh i would never to, play roller derby like that i learned how to jump over people in renegade because um we practiced at one point in my career i could jump over a trash can an upside down trash can yeah on skates hell yeah um like not one of the big ones i if everyone's thinking that thanks for that credit but no like like you know like a 13 gallon trash can um did but, you ever get in on the skate park action back in those uh, days no not back then i was terrified i didn't do skate parks until the derby names and i think it's because being on the bank track like it kind of like helped me get over that fear a little bit i'm still a little oh scared more now so because of the arthritis but like yeah. you know um but um yeah i learned how to jump over because you had to because people could you know tackle you yeah, and like yeah. everything else so um we did like we always say like there were no rules but we did have like a few rules like don't it hit each other in the rule. face like stuff like that like no cheap shots sort yep. of thing like um when i got hit in the face the skater was literally turning around she did not mean to she turned around and hit me in the face uh with her uh wrist guard and that was the first and almost last game my dad ever went to because he said if i was a cartoon character i would have like the stars going around my head because yeah. <laughs> she hit me in the nose really hard i thought she broke my nose and um like literally like went cross-eyed for a sec had to skate off had a bloody nose thought it was fine until the next day went to go put makeup on my nose and i heard crunch oh, no. like right on the bridge of my nose went to the doctor and they were like well you didn't break your nose but you broke the cartilage in your nose i was like what? awesome but like other than that though like i did see some really gnarly injuries from um from renegade 
but not compared to some of the ones I saw in the derby games from the bank track. So like there's that, but like, yeah. So I don't know for as crazy as it got with, with uh renegade, I didn't see that many injuries. Yeah. I mean, cause it's almost like practicing it. It's like, you're taking a bump and like playing other teams. Cause there was a lot mm -hmm. of other renegade teams at the time that would come here to uh, Arizona or you guys would travel or what have you. Mm -hmm. Cause just because of the style of Derby and it was more of, like you said, you know, like there's a code to it and they, everybody kind of like practices it in a way to where like, yeah, cause you can get fucking paralyzed doing that shit. Like somebody goes to pull you down from the back. Yep. If you're not familiar with like that kind of movement. Oh, we would never pull. I mean, like, I never would. And I, I don't know any other skater that would pull someone down from behind. If you were going to pull someone down, you definitely like did it around their midsection. You wouldn't want to like, yeah, like that's what I mean. Like grab, don't them be a dick from golden rule. Don't be a dick. Area. Yeah. That's what I'm, that's what I mean. That's what I meant. Cause when we were fucking doing wrestling and shit in the backyard and everything like that, you know, we used to do some real gnarly shit, but we yeah. never broke each other's necks. Right. You know, because we knew how to take a bump. Yeah. You know, when it came down for showtime, like none of us got our fucking necks broke in front of like, the party full of people yeah <laughs> so that was that was always fun but yeah i never at you know like other than being familiar with renegade derby i've never actually had to have the privilege well, of asking some oh, questions probably the it. worst injury i saw was misty scent was oh and i feel terrible to this day because i feel like i caused it was i knocked her down and she fell in such a way on her elbow that she literally had to get emergency surgery the next day so um so there was that i saw that Close and admission. that was that was like uh but that was probably one of the worst ones um on renegade that i saw but like i really enjoyed the fact that like we were a smaller we became a smaller team it uh, wound up being like maybe a dozen of us yeah um and we would have like skaters from other states who were renegade leagues as well come and skate against us uh we got to be on like espn 8 or something on the it was yeah it was on espn it was one of the espn things that was really cool that was when we were still on the upper level of the second story so it was like hot dusty and um i believe orange county renegade came out and skated with us in that but it was cool to skate other um other states my that's how i met my derby wife la pistola she was she started the um the orange county renegades so right on okay so by that time you probably had your own skates and stuff mm -hmm. you were out of the rentals what did you start with when you got your own oh god like i think they were what are the carreras Oh, whatever the, the cheap ones that like yeah. separate literally mm -hmm. had to duct tape them together during a game one time um i'm sure i'm not the only skater with that story um yeah i just i had like real crap skates for a long time i and i guess i what, probably for pads i had like whatever that like skater package was when you first started yeah. and then like like the one eight seven probably yeah probably upgrade oh i it was probably something crappier than that i think i upgraded one eight sevens like um when i got on renegade and stuff so when did you upgrade your skates 
Um, Later so on after like joining the games, and stuff. I had like the what are they like Parfus one hundreds or something? They were like high up, man, mm-hmm. on my ankles. Like it was honestly, it was whatever I could find and afford on eBay. I wasn't really. I feel like in the beginning of Derby, it wasn't really important to know what your equipment was. It was just important that it worked. That it worked. So, like, um, again, I didn't really know a lot about equipment until I got on the Derby Dames and had it explained to me. So, it's I kind of just got whatever everybody else was getting at the time. Like, oh, that's good. Cool. And then not only that, but, like, I'd skates it. I was fortunate that I'd skates it lasted for like years in some cases. So, yeah. So let's, uh, let's roll into that. When did you go, when did you join the dames and, um, what made you want to go play bank track roller derby? So, um, I had lived in San Diego for a few years. I played for San Diego Renegades there. And then um, I was married to my high school sweetheart. He wound up um, passing away. Uh, He was in the service. And uh, I had, it was just my daughter and I, and both of our families lived here. So um, in Arizona, because we were originally from here. So um, I moved back to Arizona and um, my, essentially my sister-in-law, my partner's, brother sister was like hey let's go I hadn't like been um I hadn't been playing derby for a couple months because I moved back I was getting my daughter and I settled um and I didn't know I think renegade was kind of like up in the air at the time um didn't really want to join AZRD because I felt like that would have been a really hard transition because they had a lot of rules at that time and I went from not playing with rules for years. And so I'm, I'm sorry, what year was this at? I don't know if you 2011. It. Okay, that's that's when I started over at the Hop House with Daisy RD. Nice. And the Rattleskates. Nice. Time. Okay, I'm sorry. So, no, that's awesome. So, um, so Stacy had, was like, uh, she had brought me to one of the Derby Dames games. And I was like, yeah, I'll see what it's all about. I heard some not great things about them because that was another feud that was going on when I moved to San Diego was um, the Renegades and the Derby Dames. So um, the Renegades were real salty. They got that the Derby Dames got into to the uh, the Veterans Coliseum, which like anybody would be because like amazing. Um but yeah, so it was 2011 and Stacy was like, let's go to um, this roller derby game. And I was like, oh, okay, cool. Let's go. Uh, we had to park in like, you know, not the greatest place, <laughs> walk into the Coliseum. Uh, and then, cause parking was full. It, they, that was, it was that crowded and when we got there, it was literally like standing room. You could stand on the floor, like mm-hmm. all the seats. It was, I had watched TXRD play with a huge crowd. Um, I had never seen anything like this. I was like in awe. I was like, there are so many people watching them. And then I don't even remember what, I wish I remember what teams were playing when it, the very first game that I saw, but I don't remember it. But um, we were standing 
at one of the um one of the rounds of the track like one of the high points of the track mm-hmm. and um watching the game and someone came and like smashed a jammer into the rail and i was like all right i'm gonna do this <laughs> <laughs> so um just went up and talked to um there were several people i don't even maybe it was h face I can't remember who I talked to, but I talked to someone who was like, ask me how to join roller derby. And I was like, yo, so I have played roller derby before. How do I join? And they're like, we have tryouts. Went to tryouts, was like super nervous. Um, it was really interesting, actually, because there were a lot of people there who um, like, uh Rowdy Roulette, Miss Nashty. I grew up in Arizona and like these are women who literally have known me since I was like 15. So, because I like grew up in the punk scene. So, um, yeah, there's there were like a few women that I like went in there knowing. So that was really cool. Um, but yeah, I was really nervous because again, I hadn't had regimented skating, I guess, for a while. So, um, but yeah, I made I made it on the team and um yeah, so it was it was great. The first practice was terrifying. Lap dancer did there was a lot of girls at tryouts. I think like 35 or 40 made it. Lap dancer, I don't know if you remember lap dancer as a skater. Very um she is a professional bodybuilder now. Oh um, yeah, yes. Oh yeah. So, um, Monica. Yes. Real, yes. Yes. Uh, she's amazing, but she ran that first practice and it was outside of the holidays. It was like out back, um, uh, where you enter to go into for bouts. And I was like, cool. So I definitely threw up. I was not the only one. Uh, it was, and it was an off skates. So, like it was an off skates and, um, practice. And they like kind of showed us about the track. I don't know if we got on the track that, that first one. I think it was off skates. But afterwards, I was literally like, I don't know if I could do this. Because about three days after when the soreness hit and I couldn't hardly walk, I was like, cool. I don't know if I could be on this derby league. But it was, it was fine. It was fine after that. <laughs> 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 so how soon after joining did you make a team or were those picked at tryouts like how we've had some of our other guests mentioned um so i don't remember i do remember that i was going through or i was on a fresh meet um team that i think about 25 of us stayed and then i don't know we were a big group I think it was like 20 or 25 of us got dropped into teams, but I'm not sure how long we were trained because we went through like a weird transition where there were like some skaters who were part of the training team that were like retiring. So they were like getting different skaters to train. So I think we wound up being a little bit longer than what the usual like new skater program is. Um, Yeah, I'm not sure how long that was, though. All right, right on. And what team picked you up? Um, the Coffin Draggers. 
were you excited to be drafted to the dead body zombie team okay so <laughs> so when we were all part of like the new skater group um they called them fresh meat um we went and skated with the teams that we wanted to be on well i knew people on the bombshell so i went and skated with them and truth be told i was terrified terrified of the coffin draggers they were already like a couple time champions um they were all really great skaters a well-oiled machine um like i don't know they just and they seemed mean they definitely weren't but they seemed mean <laughs> um i skated with the bombshells because it was also like a night that i could skate as well um so i skated with them as fresh meat I went into the draft thinking I was going to be drafted to their team, which I'm so grateful for the time I spent practicing with them because they did teach me a lot. But um, so all of us were sitting in the like the lobby of um, the Hall of Dames and I'm sitting there again, fully expecting the captain and co-captain of the bombshells to come out and be like, you're on our team. Um, and uh laura stabs came over i was sitting on like a a futon like couch thing that we had it there she came to tapped her shoulder or her folder on my knee and goes welcome to the coffin draggers and i go what (laughs) (laughs) and um i went in the parking lot and cried (laughs) and uh i'm getting all teary I called Josh and he's like, well, are you happy? I'm like, I am terrified. These girls are going to like eat me alive. They're all like so good. They're like, anytime I've interacted with them, they've always been really mean. And it wasn't that they were mean. It was always game day. So they were like in the zone, but like the gimmicks, they're all amazing human beings. But yeah, I was terrified and, um, yeah, but I was really excited. I was overwhelmed because I did not expect to be drafted. So, like I said, terrified because they were all super amazing skaters. Oh, absolutely. Uh, Laura Stabs always will have a special place in my heart. Mine too. Because I love her. she was the one that was showing all those boys that didn't know how to bank track. Because a handful of us at the time, like, run out there um bombs on your moms and stuff he already kind of knew how to mm-hmm. do it but us boys that didn't know how laura stabs was the one that was kind of showing us the rope mm-hmm. so i look at her as like my obi-wan kenobi when it comes uh, to uh bank track roller derby she's a really great trainer too she has a really um great way of breaking things down and mm-hmm. then she can um the reason why she's such a great trainer too is she can watch you do something like she obviously has her way of training but then she can watch you do something and if you're not getting it the way she's training it she can watch how you're not getting it and break it down like a different way for you to understand and she's really good at um reading what people need as like um a trainer like um there are different training styles um she is a really militant one i really enjoy that i'm really like all for that and i think that has to go back to like or goes back to like playing team sports Mm -hmm. growing up there are some people though who are not cool with that and like um 
she's really great at like like differentiating the two does that make sense and giving yes. giving each skater what they need as a trainer all right so speaking of the coffin dragger gimmick did you lean into that pretty hard when you oh, were on the team oh yes oh my gosh i grew up loving the misfits and like all that so i was like real happy about it and i was real happy about the fact that like i am a sweater so like when i skate so like anytime and all the coffin draggers know this too so like anytime you're getting sweaty and your makeup's getting messed up cool just put on more blood it's all right no worries just add more blood <laughs> <laughs> during uh team introductions at any point or during the derby dames did you have like a go-to maneuver or did you just like chuck or chuckle awkwardly and like kind of worry? <laughs> I would uh skate around um like turn around skate backwards toe stop slide down the track sort of like slide down with my toe stop mm -hmm. sort of things backwards because we're from it's, like the full lap days yeah yeah like this was like a, a thing where it, like it looks fancy it's pretty easy though but it like looks fancy for the crowd so it was just for me it was just like skate around depending on what bench you were at depending mm -hmm. on how far you got to skate so yeah i was like the uh the full lap on the name introductions mm -hmm. instead of just like sitting there and like standing still because i'll fall down standing still sometimes i'd rather <laughs> snipers, fall down we call those snipers track monsters yeah i call it the track monster sniper is a good one yeah. um so the coliseum days how was it like playing at the coliseum for you i'll definitely tell my kids about it like <laughs> no it's um it was especially growing up in arizona like it was just like a really big honor because there's so many amazing talents that have gone through there um sports teams that have gone through there um you know the state fairs there every year stuff like that and to play roller derby and have that many people come and watch you. I think that that's a really, really special thing. And that was a really, really special time in roller derby. Um, and it's like, it, it's an, it sounds cliche, but it was like, it was an honor to be part of derby in that time because it was um, like, I think in derby things like ebb and flow, and it was one of the high points for roller derby where mm. roller derby was really, really popular. So, you know, there were times when, you know, we were selling out the Coliseum and stuff. So um, I was just really in awe of it, terrified, but it like my first few bouts, but um, really in awe that like, in a lot of different levels uh, in awe that that so many people would want to come and watch us play the sport and yeah. then in awe that like i'm getting to play a sport in the same place that like some really amazing athletes got to play sports as oh, well damn yeah so like yo yeah like you played there um so um i think it was a really special time in derby and i'm i'm really grateful to have been like part of the derby games during that time too
what always did it for me going to the games at the Coliseum was the lights. Mm. The house lights were always blacked out or dimmed or whatever. Then the lights that would point towards the track. And I don't, I mean, the standing near the track, Mm. because I would always get the floor, the floor um, option. Those lights were hot as fuck. And being someone who who's been on a theater stage and shit, you know, theater lights because those were like theater lights. They are they're definitely like theater lights. So I'm standing there just thinking of my time in the theater, going, "Fuck, it must be really hot down in the bowl buckets." I'm like, "Fuck, dude!" But this is so cool looking. I wonder how it's like for them as far as like an. So they do turn. They do. How was that for you? They would turn down the air force and stuff, like to the point where. Like, it would be cold backstage and stuff, and it would be cold while we were setting up the track. So, in the days of the Coliseum, um, literally the entire uh, weekend was dedicated to Derby. Um, When I was on Fresh Meat, Fresh Meat would have to drop the track on Thursdays. And um, usually a few, like, either track leads or veteran skaters would be there to help with that. And then um, Saturday would be where all the fresh meat would be at the warehouse, um, which is the Hall of Dames now. And then um, we would go with, they would load it up in trailers and bring it to us, um, all the skaters that were already on teams for us to put it together. So we would put it all together. Then we would have like, I don't know, like an hour or two to go. We'd start at uh, like eight in the morning, I think, seven or eight in the morning. And then we'd have like an hour or two to go home. A lot of girls would just take naps in the back because like they lived too far to go home and back. Um, Some of us had time to run home and back. Um, If not, we'd get ready there. Um, And then you'd play the game and then the usually whoever lost the next day would have to um fresh meat and whoever lost had to take down the track the next day and move it all and they would start at like um seven or eight in the morning and they would end it probably about four in the afternoon so and it was literally um i think we put like the thick or the the rectangle pieces we were allowed to put, I think, stack them five high. And then um, I can't remember how many for like the pie shape pieces, but. It's always sounded like a lot. And, you it's know, a lot knowing of work, kind of knowing the process and shit, like getting into the community around 2011 and stuff, I was like, man, that's probably a lot of fucking work, dude. It was a lot of work. Holy We'd have shit. to screw it. We had like boxes of screws. We'd all have to screw. Uh, we'd have to underneath of the track we'd have to ratchet it all together and then um the top we'd have to screw on all the masonite so because we didn't um transport it with the masonite on it you'd have to unscrew all the masonite drop the track Mm -hmm. and then take it apart uh when i say drop the track i'm talking about like we unscrew it and then drop it on the ground and Mm -hmm. then we'd stack it move it um lay it all out lift it up it literally took the whole league around the outside of the track to lift up the pieces we'd hold it um 
while the while the struts would be um like put on and then um like ratchet everything and then when everything was all level all around then we'd go around and screw in all the masonry and oh we'd do all the the padding around the um the rails and stuff too right on so going back to the earlier days Mm -hmm. what's the genesis of your roller derby name and your number so my first roller derby name was cat a strophic and that was um the dude i went to roller derby with and my friend liz um i was like i want to come up with a clever name a lot of not all the girls but there were some girls who had like plays on their name and i was like well i just want to do a play on my name and uh cat so i'd go by cat astrophic um my number was 157 that was uh, my mom's birthday so um the 15th of of july so military i was Mm, my dad my dad was uh my dad's former military so um but um when i got to and i played under that name for um almost well all of the az rd all of um the renegades and then uh when i got to the derby dames there was this skater named uh cat von double d's and um they asked her they're like hey do you think this is too close to your name and she's like yeah it's pretty close so i had to come up with a new name and um so i started to go by devotchka delarge it is a reference to clockwork orange um devotchka is like the slang in the in um the book and and the movie for like chick like broad you know lady sort of thing mm. and then um delarge is the main character's name is alexander delarge so it's that and then um my original skate number was six five five three two one which is the number in the movie the number in the book is six six five five three two one but the number in um the movie is six five five three two one and then they had everybody like shorten their numbers and all that stuff to like fit in within rules so it became six five five three you know I never would have put that together with the clockwork orange references in your name. I'm glad we asked these questions. <laughs> so my, I you, loved, you, would you, have you put that together? Uh-uh. No, I loved, um, I wanted to see the movie really bad. Um, I had a boyfriend in high school who was like really into like horror movies. And he's the one who was like, introduced me to the misfits and like all this stuff. And, um, he actually does horror stuff for a living now, which is awesome. Um, cause he was really good at it. But, um, yeah, he was like, Hey, I want you to watch this movie. And I told my dad about it. My dad's like, my dad had this rule. Um, I could watch horror movies. Like if there was a book that went along with the horror movie, I had to read the book first. So like when I wanted to see like Carrie, I had to read the book first and like stuff like that. So my dad made me read a clockwork orange first. So I, I read the book first. And then I watched the movie. So, um, and I was just like, this is so cool. This is the best. And my dad's like, there might be something wrong with you. <laughs> uh, I'm like, this is my favorite movie. And he's like, oh, I don't know. <laughs> um, but um, 
yeah, I just really liked the movie. I really liked like the cinematography of it and just like, I had a big, big old crush on Malcolm McDowell. Mm -hmm. I got to meet him later and have a conversation with him at, I paid to meet him at um, Mad Monster, Mad Monster Fest. I paid for like the, like take your picture, all this stuff. Um, Oh my God, I was so nervous uh ginger mortis came with me and so did vintage vixen which vintage vixen was a skater back in the day as well she's one of the founding members of the derby games and um we all went together and um ginger was standing in line with me and i I was so nervous and she's like it's okay just like say the first thing that comes to mind wrong advice ginger um so like i met him and i was so nervous and i like said all in the same breath first of all all in the same breath i was like hi my name is kat and i played roller derby for 16 years and i skated another day under the name tavachka to large because i loved clockwork orange so much and i'm so excited to meet you and he's like hi (laughs) (laughs) but he was so sweet and he like took a picture with me and it was very like awkward i don't know what to do with my hands like for me oh so bad so like okay so then we're walking around and like a lot of the celebrities that are there have like tables with posters of movies that they're that they were in for them to sign and everything so like ginger's like just go just go get a poster just go get a poster and Vixen's like, yeah, come on. Like, it's totally fine. Like, they're a peer pressure. Um, but, um, yeah, so um, Ginger quite literally, like, pushed me over to, he was sitting there. And I was like, oh, I don't want to talk to him. I'm so scared. And she's like, just go talk to him. I'm sure he's a regular person. And she literally was like, hey, this is my friend Kat. She also goes by Devo. She just took a picture with you a little bit ago but she'd really like to talk to you. And I was like, in my head, I was like, what are you doing? Um, But he was like, oh, sweetheart, come like sit down and talk to me. And he literally like, I sat down and got to talk to him and like got to tell him about like roller derby and um, like uh, my roller derby name and like all this stuff. And he's like, oh yeah, you're the one who said that all in one breath. And I'm like, yeah, that was me. But yeah, I wound up like telling him and like writing down the Derby Dames like website. I don't know if you ever checked it out or anything, but I was like pretty jazzed about it. So. Hey, you never know because yeah, if if I have an opportunity to crowbar roller derby into a fucking conversation, yeah, I'm gonna do it because I want to spread <laughs> the gospel of the glorious gladiator sport. So it's like, oh yeah, you play roller derby or like this or that? Like hell yeah, 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 I do. Boys do that. Yep. You yeah. know, like I always got to crowbar it in there. So if you had a crowbar it in there in one breath, yeah, hopefully, at least you got uh, in there. Hopefully Malcolm McDowell looked up the Arizona Derby Days. I mean, that would be <laughs> rad. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> so we are about two minutes away from this cutting off. So I'm going to stop okay. the recording All and right. then we'll come back. Cool. So stay tuned. All right, Devo. So in your playing days, what were some of the positions that you enjoyed playing the most? Um, so I hated it at first, but um, I really liked 
being able to play high and like kind of like dive bombing on people um for for bank track um i mean flat tracker is kind of like wherever i could play and be effective but um never jammer though <laughs> i was not a good jammer <laughs> no thank you i did the last game i played with renegade i did jam and i got like 15 points so that was right but what? um yeah i don't know that was a freak accident never never again um but after um after i really learned the different positions i really liked playing um the low so but primarily in the blocking position oh yeah i primarily played blocker um towards the end of my career i did do pivot a lot as well so i do like pivot as well were you ever deemed the responsibility of becoming an active scorer by receiving a panty no. pass nope never thankfully oh my gosh i would have felt so guilty like, what is this i don't jam anymore. i don't know maybe i would have done well because i would have like panic jammed i would have like all the general <laughs> like i can't let my team i don't want to let mom down like <laughs> panic jam yeah like, like <laughs> so you playing playing blocker is was your uh primary primary spot yeah once you figured out the game it was on the low at what point did you feel that the game was actually clicking the speed of the game when you knew when to play offense when to play defense around what season did that happen um so like i said south was a really good trainer and she was really good at breaking down stuff and then um after her we had uh Lilu Dallas Multibash and when she first got on the team it was um she was very like sports oriented she had played a lot of sports before so she broke down the game like we always had drag her strategy with with when Stabs was the captain like everybody knew what drag her strategy was we all played it we all did it it was like um second nature to a lot of people i got it i still fumbled a lot though because like um i was still a little bit intimidated they were a lot stronger skaters than i was still i was a strong skater but i was not as strong as some of the um other skaters were when stabs was um the captain and then um, a lot of skaters retired, moved, all that stuff. And then Lilu became captain and, um, or she goes by her skate name became tyranny. And then, um, when, uh, she became captain, she like further broke down the game and we were doing a lot of, um, off skates that was more, sports centered than derby centered if that makes sense mm -hmm. oh yeah so it did build up the muscles we needed though but in a different way and then um but like i said she broke down the game even further and um i think really made sure between her and um and antifa like they really really or craven cadavers as a lot of people know her um they really broke down um the game a lot in a way that um i don't know it it 
it like half clicked before and it like really clicked when she would explain it. So um, I think it, the difference was when Stabs was captain, I was playing with all these like legends and elite skaters and all this stuff. And uh, when Lilu took over as captain, it was, uh, we still had a lot of those elite skaters but it was pretty mixed with like a lot of newer skaters too. So it was a lot of the older skaters were able to teach us a lot more things in skating too, as well as, you know, Lilu um, breaking down the game for us in a different sort of way, in a different sort of strategic way as well. Learning how to play roller derby on a different level, did you ever make a Hot Shots roster? Um, I did not. I was an alternative for one game. Okay. Um, that I wound up not. It was for a game that was going to happen in California, and then they wound up not needing me. But but I got asked, and I was like, oh, You threw your hat what? in the ring for a tryout, or they just asked you? Uh, no, they asked me. Okay, right so, on. That's and I was that's pretty badass. I cried for sure. But nice. <laughs> again, they wound up not needing me, and um, it was really cool because I wound up going out to San Diego and just visiting my friends out there anyway, but that weekend, and it was cool to see the hot shots too. But again, it was, I was like, it was an honor to be asked. Yeah, <laughs> like right. the Oscars. It was an honor to be nominated. <laughs> Did you sign any autographs when you were playing either at the Coliseum or? Um, I signed wherever. some autographs at, castle sports club nice. as catastrophic on the um the surly girlies i low-key had a stalker it was like it was this cute old man who would come to like every game and he made signs for me and stuff um <laughs> i signed <laughs> i signed uh, uh it was probably real creepy um i'm like oh how sweet <laughs> um but i signed an autograph for him i did for a lot of children that's always like super cool like for to have kids look up to you so i did it a couple times at, at castle like for that um a couple times as a renegade too um in uh san diego and um here and then yeah for sure in the coliseum um and yeah a few times for adult fans and kid fans shirts you know memorabilia all that stuff so Yep, a few times. Awesome. Favorite part of uh, of doing it. One of them for me, anyway. Was the Coffin Draggers the team you finished out with? Yes. And how many seasons were you with them? I got drafted in 2011, and I ended in 2018. Okay, that's a that's a good run, and uh, you were on a couple of the championship runs. Yeah, oh yeah. They, I, I think twenty eleven is when I saw the game, the championship game at the Coliseum or whatever. And then after that, I think they won like four in a row. There was four in a row. I that. was, I won one with um. Laura Stabs as captain and one with Lulu, Lulu Dallas, Smalty Bash, or Tyranny as captain. Yeah, so I always liked the, um, that trophy. 
yeah that you guys had it was i so got to cool have the looking. trophy at my house one time and i took so many pictures of it like a creep i'm like oh this is so cool okay and so- like my name's on it so like i definitely like like a creep i took a lot of pictures i they're in like the cloud of my phone somewhere but i definitely took a lot of pictures all right well i've never got to ask this question but i've always been curious so you guys did get to take the cup or the uh the trophy home like the stanley cup and have it for a couple oh no of days? no okay uh it stayed at the hall of dames the reason why i got that which i was like super jazzed about is because um the person who like engraves it was on my side of town was like real close to where I lived at the oh, time. All right. So, uh, I picked it up like on my way to like, I think the championship, like, so I, I got to have it for a couple of days, like in my house, which was like, I have children. So that was a little nerve wracking too. children of pets, but like, also like, uh, like it was pretty rad. So, yeah. So yeah, I mean, I've always wanted to ask if like, you know anybody even did I don't that know if they let the captains like because i mean a, I'm, bring I it home for a couple days incorporate anything, that but. into certain like questions for like other people if i do research and know they yeah i'm not i'm team, not sure if they if let like the captains that, that would be fun if you ever uh interview stabs that would be Oh, I, um, question. I'm definitely going to be roping but, her up for an interview. Yeah, I don't know if they allowed captains to, but they like didn't really. They did not let us as skaters take it, take that home. Which, like, I, yeah, I agree with that. So after so many seasons and so much praise from fans and what have you what was your ultimate decision to retire from the game as an active athlete so um in 2015 i was diagnosed with a rare disease called stills disease it's um like rheumatoid arthritis and lupus had a baby um essentially what's going on in my body is um my body believes my joints are an illness. So my body attacks my joints also, um, for me and, um, it, it attacks people a little bit differently. Like there's blanket system or, um, symptoms, but then there's personal symptoms as well. Um, mine also affects the lining of my liver, heart and lungs, so they can become inflamed. Um, I spent, um, about six months in and out of ICU. Um, thank God for my team. They helped Josh um, care for our children. We had um, a five-week-old <coughs> a, when I went into ICU, a five-year-old, and Josh had just opened the tattoo shop. So, um, yeah, and I was in ICU, and they literally, at first, they had no idea what was wrong with me. They... Um, I was in ICU for that first week and, um, they literally told me I had heart disease because the lining of my heart was inflamed and that I needed to make, um, end of life preparations. So that was scary as shit. Yeah. I just had a baby, just had a baby. Um, so, and you know, after like having Mm. lost my mom, I was like, definitely, you know, (laughs) brought up trauma don't want to leave my children ever um so i actually went to a follow-up with my primary care doctor 
and um she took out this old ratty medical book from she said it was from when she was in medical school and she's like i think you have still's disease i cannot diagnose you with this because i am not a rheumatologist so she sent me to a rheumatologist i saw a rheumatologist who had been practicing for 35 years i was the second case he had ever seen um there um it happens for children as well which is a horrifying thought to me um but um for adults the chances of having it is um one in a million um for children it's one in five hundred thousand um what was happening at practice towards the end of my career is um i was getting hit and we all get hit like in derby whatever you get up you recover um i was noticing things were just hurting a little bit more we would do black widows which everybody hates black widows uh anyone who's not familiar that's where you start at one do one lap then two laps then three all the way up to eight then all the way back down um and uh my knees would feel like there was broken glass in them at the end um so my body was definitely telling me it was it was time to retire so um i am very fortunate though because when i was diagnosed um i was diagnosed in 2015 um i was told that i would probably never walk without assistance again because um of how badly um the disease was attacking my joints through medication diet all that stuff i was able to one year to the day go back and skate and i got um four more seasons before my body was like please stop um so um yeah it was really sad it was um we didn't go to the championship that year we went to playoffs so we lost in playoffs and we're not able to go to the championship but um i still got to skate with my team and that was awesome ginger ginger mortis and i retired the same year awesome and um yeah so and I can't remember or not, um, did you ever get down on any of the co-ed or the open gender uh, So I never no? did. Okay, so I can't, uh, I can't remember. The first time and only time mm -hmm. I um, skated with guys was uh, Renegade. And it was, I skated with San Diego Renegade in, um, I believe it was Chula Vista may have been imperial beach real southern california and um we skated against hockey players and i uh was you know i had skated for a few years whatever but um i had acrylic nails on and i foolishly was like oh they're real short it's totally fine i don't need to like cut them down or take them off or it's totally fine it was not in fact fine um <laughs> so i oh god it was terrible um so we were skating as boys renegade again so i had like grabbed someone by their shirts and no rules so um it ripped off the my like where you wear your wedding ring like that nail ripped it like halfway off like it was still dangling like but it was it was definitely like it needed to be cut off sorry trigger warning guys uh, no so it was it was like half hanging off 
we did not have a first aid kit. Oh man, I felt so terrible. There was a skater named Irish You Harm. It was Irish You Harm. And she was like, Cat, your your hand. And I was like, Yeah, that really hurt. And I like flicked my hand, having not knowing that I was bleeding oh. everywhere. Oh, got blood all weird. over her. That was her first game. My real blood. <laughs> I felt so terrible. So they're like, Well, you have to tape that up before you can skate. Nobody could find first aid kits. Literally went to the bathroom and got like, um, like toilet paper and duct tape, and that's how I finished out the game. And then um, my late husband, he actually was at that game, and um, when I stayed with him because I lived in Arizona at the time, but I stayed with him for when uh, we played that game, and um, he wound up. Oh, it's so gross. Sorry, guys. Trigger warning. Uh, he wound up um cutting the rest of the nail off for me i got real drunk to make that happen because i was not gonna let that happen sober and i cried and he was like he's like i won't do it i won't do it i'm sorry i'm hurting you i'm like just do it and he's like okay and he did it and then it was terrible um it probably took um not as long as i thought about six weeks to heal it did suck though because i was a professional hairdresser at the time so i had yeah. to wear like a finger condom when i did hair yeah so that sucked and the rubbing was it, it wasn't the back? rubbing it was the con condensation yeah <laughs> it was, was the condensation i had to be creep when i said that it so was it wasn't yeah, healing it was, right oh, it was so gross and then your finger i had to like let it air out during my lunch break because like i oh. didn't want to get chemicals in it or yeah. like anything else so um but the nail techs were like oh man that's gonna take forever to heal it's gonna take like six months it was like six weeks so that was probably one of the worst ones but yeah so i got that from playing with guys and i think after that i was like no thank you <laughs> definitely my fault had nothing to do with them skating yeah. or anything but like i don't know i think i was a little freaked out plus they hit really hard the hardest they, i ever uh, been hit was uh by riot erp and he grew up playing hockey and he laterally uh, hit me and snot flew out of my fucking nose and everything and i was like man how did you learn how to hit like that he's like hockey i was like oh okay that makes sense because okay. it was like a knife just like and i was like Ooh. I know I go on sidebars a lot, but the worst I've ever been hit, Cannibal Corpse. Oh, she'll so, get you too. Oh, no, no, no. It was like rite of passage when you got on the draggers. Uh, she made me cry. Like, oh, she was definitely like not mean afterwards, but like um, she definitely made me cry because she was, it was at the time it's like, why are you doing this to me? But um, it was, I had to be on the inside, like on the inside position. Mm -hmm. And she basically came and dive bombed me every, like, and I had to get it, recover quickly and get on that inside. And she dive bombed me again. And it was just, it was one length around the track. And um, I definitely cried. And I was like, I can't do this. And Stabs is like, you most certainly can. And I was like, no, I can't. She's like, well, if you don't do that, you're going to do like, what was it like sprawls and falls or whatever? Sprawls and crawls. I hated that one. Um, and uh, I was like, okay, well, that's definitely worse than this. So I feel like that's like sprawls and crawls. You guys know what that is. Mm -mm. Okay. So that's where you have to like sprint and then fall on your belly when they blow a whistle and then get up and sprint, oh, fall on your belly. Okay. Like, and um, 
it is like the burpee yeah of the roller derby world yeah i would much rather do that because i would be rolling than standing still in my skates and expected to go up and down vertically without any momentum if that makes sense the momentum yes. sounds yeah it's probably challenging but the chances of injury probably yeah less. but like it, it's so Cannibal Corpse is like one of the hardest hitters. Like, oh, I know. I will say, like, I know probably, that. Yeah, I'm comfortable saying probably ever. Um, and she's a triple threat and everything. So it's, I felt probably my first couple seasons on the Draggers, I felt a little bullied, but like, not in a bad way. I don't know. Well, how do I explain that? everything they did they were doing because they were making me a better skater like mm -hmm. it wasn't like i felt like oh my god they're really like picking on me by like hitting me a lot and like making me fall a lot or like you know they were pretty ruthless all of the draggers were pretty ruthless and like you need to learn this like there is a dragger strategy there is a dragger wall you need to like if if you are the weak man out, you are letting down your team. Like it was a lot of pressure, but like, again, I I'm cool with that. I like thrive under that, but like, I don't know. Like I said, the first couple of years I was just like, Oh man, I, I'm like, do they, do they even like me? Because they were, it was a lot of, it was a lot of hitting a lot of like, you know, putting me through the ringer to make me a better skater and to make me, the caliber i needed to be and i didn't think that i could be that caliber but like they all knew that i could so they're like we're gonna beat the shit out of you yeah we're I mean, gonna beat the shit out of you until you're as good as we know you can be <laughs> you were you were probably able to separate you know quote unquote feeling like being picked on and they see this potential in me like being a an athlete going so into sometimes it, some yes are you able going, to separate that like i kind of understand yes. what's happening here yes being an athlete going into it yes but also there were some times where i'm like man i don't i don't know um but it, there was you know draggers would like work hard play hard so like at after parties and stuff i would like talk to mm -hmm. everybody and stuff i think a lot of it was just you know i i've always had a lot of like anxiety derby was one of those like where a lot of people we can like wear a mask we are that derby persona so like even though i had a lot of um and like social anxiety i was able to hide behind that or i was able to hide behind like i was a hairdresser i could hide behind that like i could hide behind the chair like i always had like something to like hide behind that and um when like the you know the big derby persona but when i joined um the coffin draggers there were no rooms per, for persona it was only performance like yes you they, everybody had their own persona but like you couldn't get away with just like oh i'm a well-known skater everybody knows who i am i've been around a long time sort of thing like you had to be able to perform like there was no bare minimum like like the like you couldn't get away with just doing the bare minimum you had to to be the best that's why the coffin draggers were the best is you had to work really hard but so i i was able to separate the fact that 
um, what they were doing. Not always, like I said, sometimes I got my feelers hurt, but like 90% of the time I was able to separate, like they are doing this because like, this is their team. This is their legacy. This is what they have worked their asses off for. Like there's a reason why, you know, they run so many championships and everything else like that. Like they're being hard on me because eventually they're passing the torch to me and I need to, you know, yeah, absolutely. um, I need to be the caliber that they need me to be to take that up. All right. So did your involvement within the roller derby community stop as a competitive player? Because I do hear you on the microphone with the Arizona (laughs) roller girls. They do have a game coming up on May 20th at the Broadway Rec Center. So tell us a little bit about announcing for our friends the Arizona Roller Girls. How did you get into that? So um, I was at Punk Rock Bowling and um, Rage Cage and um, her significant other, Jesse, they both get tattooed by Josh. And, um, cause Josh, he, his shop lost Dutchman, um, sponsors the, uh, the roller girls that he also sponsors, uh, the Derby names and has for many years, both of them. Mm-hmm. Um, and, um, yeah, so, um, we were at punk rock bowling and, uh, you know, got a, got a little inebriated at punk rock bowling as one does. And, um, we were talking about roller derby and I'm like, yeah, like, um, I got into jewelry, um, after I ended with uh, roller derby, but you know, I will always miss roller derby. Roller derby always have a special place in my heart. Like I played it, you know, 16 years of my life and like, it helped me through, um, you know, my mom passing away and, um, my late husband, you know, passing away, he's in the service and committed suicide. So, um, Derby, all the Derby girls helped me with that. Like literally came over and checked on me, like brought me groceries, all that stuff. Um, Derby out here helped me. Like, it's just always, it's always been there for me. It's always been like, something that was amazing for me. So when my body gave up, um, it was really sad and depressing and I still wanted to be involved in a way, but, um, I don't know. There wasn't really room for me at the Derby Dames at the time, I guess, cause every, you know, any position that I could you know do with my body was kind of full. So again, at Punk Rock Bowling and Rage Cage had, was like, well, we need an announcer. And I'm like, what? She's like, yeah, let me, let me talk to Dozer. Like we totally need an announcer. And you know, already know about Derby. Like, yeah, the game's a little bit different. Like I did play flat track. So I'm familiar with flat track. Um, but, um, she's like, it's a little bit different than what you played, but like, you still generally know what's going on. And I was like, okay. And, uh, I was announcing the next game they had. And then I've been announcing since. So at first it was me and um, Hot Lips Hooligan and then Jasperino joined us. That's pretty awesome. Uh, one of these nights when um, when they're not having a open gender showcase, 
I'm going to try to get in on the stick to announce, to help uh, announce a couple of jams with you guys. Nice. Because so, I'm the league announcer at Phoenix Roller Derby nice. these days when I'm not playing in those games. Um, I've taken up the announcer role. So I think it's kind of fun, Have you, you know, being a theater person and what have you. It's just another opportunity for me to be the center of attention. Ha! <laughs> How did you feel about announcing that first game? Were you nervous at all? I was really nervous because, um, again, it is a little bit different. Like, um, like jams are different, different lengths and all that stuff. Like, um, different leagues do different lengths of jams and stuff like that. So the game's a little different. And I was nervous because, like, I had never announced with another person. And I, I'm not really good... I knew the game and everything, but I wasn't really good at like filler and stuff, which like, thank God, like Hot Lips is so great at it. Like she's really good at, and Jasperino too, are both really good at like getting everybody pumped and like all that stuff. But like that first game, I was like, oh my God, like I can tell people about the game, but I don't want them to like, I get really into the game, but like, I don't know how to like get other people excited about the game and stuff like that. Cause I've never been on that end. And like, hot lips was super great with that like hot lips and she was so great with like getting everybody pumped up and getting everybody like doing that stuff and then like again when jasperino joined us he's got the history of he used to be an announcer Mm -hmm. as well yeah and then he's really good at like hyping people up and stuff too so i'm getting more comfortable with it but like i don't know the first couple ones i feel like for me everyone tells me i did a great job but for me i was like Oh, that felt rough. <laughs> and how long you been doing that for the Arizona Roller Girls? Um, I did last season and then this season. And currently this season. Yeah. Well, I think you're doing a fantastic job. Master Thanks. really appreciates all the shout outs. Yeah. By the way. My oh my gosh. Because the first time that I announced, you guys were the ones who walked me back to my car and I didn't realize who you were, Master, because you had already, like, changed back into your, like, street clothes. Yeah. Or you guys both had. I don't know if you guys both skated that night or not. Um, But you had jammed, Master, and you, right in front of the uh, announcer stand, your fucking wheel <laughs> came off of your skate. No, was it the both wheels? Truck. The whole the truck. truck. It was the whole truck. Yeah. Whole truck That's what happened. Off. So, like, first of all, you went down hard whoever took you down like took you down yeah and then like you recovered so quickly but you were trying to skate on the skate that there was no fucking (laughs) wheels on so like i was just so impressed though because i had never seen someone recover so fast and then like try to skate on invisible wheels (laughs) so much but like i was like so i was like walking back to my car after you know everybody had already like cleaned up and all that stuff and you guys were both like Oh, so like super nice. You were like, so how was how was announcing for your like first game and all that stuff? And I'm like, let me fucking tell you, man. I don't know who like who B fifty two is, but like holy shit. And you were like, Oh, that's me. And I was like <laughs> I was like, man, I've seen some crazy shit in Derby, but fuck. <laughs> like Oh man. I really thought it was just my toe stop that fell off. And so I was like, no, we down. were all yelling like, at you too. Oh, I know. Cause yeah, we could tell you were like, you could tell how you were trying to skate that you thought it was just your toe stop, yeah. but like skaters were yelling at, we were yelling at you on the microphone. <laughs> like you were, I, I think 
sometimes when you're like skating or jamming especially yeah. you're like in the zone and i yeah. think you were like in like i have to get the points <laughs> because like i said you like went down hard i was like fuck man you went down hard recovered so quickly but like did not have a skate no. to recover on because it just like it was literally like a cartoon it's just like fucked off the other way like it i it was crazy I think I think the only thing that saved me was I had my slide blocks, my skate park slide blocks on. Oh my gosh! So I stepped on that, and I was like, "Whoa, whoa!" That oh my gosh! <laughs> it was crazy. And I'm like, I'm just gonna take a knee over here. Oh, uh. <laughs> oh, that was funny. Oh, good times. You you also mentioned you have ventured and got into the jewelry making. Yes. Can you tell so, us a little bit about that. Um, so Man, I think Master might have a couple of questions for you about that as well. So um, I had been doing electroforming. I had a business doing electroforming, which is kind of like um, the best way to describe it is like copper coating, I guess. Um, it's kind of sciencey, but it's like a whole process. But um, yeah, it like kind of copper coat stuff. Well, I had mentioned to Josh that I really wanted to do like silversmithing but I didn't really know how to get into it or anything else like that. So uh, after I retired from Dirty Bee, I had a huge case of the sads. Like, um, you know, you play roller derby, you're kind of like forced to see your friends two to three times a week. I was seeing my friends two to three times a week. And then I wasn't just because of life. Like they were playing roller derby. I wasn't playing roller derby anymore. Um, I've got children, you know, I've got a household, I've got a partner, like, um, like I have a really huge family. Like, so, um, I got really depressed because again, I had played it for 16 years. So, um, Josh went out and had gotten me, um, lessons at a jewelry studio as a gift. Um, it was Harold studio, really rad studio. Um, and, um, yeah, I took lessons and that was, I guess four years ago now, three years ago, four years ago. Um, but yeah, so I make, um, desert inspired jewelry. I make some creepy jewelry and stuff too, but, um, a lot of it's the desert. I grew up out here in Arizona. I love the desert. So, um, yeah, I just, I got into it as a way to save my mental health because I had had Derby and then, um, it got taken from me kind of suddenly. I didn't like get like a chance to kind of like mourn it a little bit. Like a lot of other people kind of do how they get to like, Oh, well this is my last season. Whatever it was like, Nope, you're done. Like my body was yeah, like, you're I done get to have this like, last game. Yeah. This last yeah. Season sort of shit. So, um, it was really hard on my mental health. And like, so being a silver Smith as well, um, I had to quit doing hair also. Um, because of Stills disease. So basically like all the things I love got taken from me very suddenly. And um, there wasn't, you know, skate well around or, you know, things like that. Um, so, um, and I didn't really know a lot of other retired skaters except for like, you know, Ginger and she had, you know, her and I talked about it. Like a lot of skaters get like the sads when they, they quit. So like I said, so Harold Studio, um, Josh had gotten me lessons there. I took lessons and I've been making jewelry ever since. And um, I 
sell at various different things. I usually sell via Instagram. Um, I did sell Etsy, but like their fees got crazy weird. Um, so I usually sell on Instagram. It's under the superstitious jackalope. That's the name of my business. Um, and, um, and then I sell at like different, um, like shows and conventions around town. Like my biggest one is coming up at end of June, beginning of July. It's the Northern Arizona Tattoo Fest. Awesome. Hell yeah. How long does it take you to make like one necklace? So it depends. Um, I know you saw the one that I made for Skatewell. Mm. Um, I think it's on their social media as well. That one took me um, a total of four hours, I think, to make. Usually on average, depending on the size, um, it will take me four to five hours. I make a lot of larger pieces. I have started making smaller pieces, um, so they're more affordable and stuff. Um, I make pins and um, bracelets and stuff like that, too. So, um, but yeah, generally speaking, probably about four to five hours. Uh, If it's something really difficult, it'll take me longer. Um, There are sometimes I do, like, I usually don't do customs anymore because um, my health, I don't know when I am able not to um, because sometimes my hands are swollen and I can't do stuff. Um, so I try not to take, um, customs only because I don't want someone waiting forever for their stuff. Um, but yeah, generally speaking, four to five hours, I guess. Sweet. <sighs> Sorry, there's a really long answer. <laughs> <laughs> I know, it's good. <gasps> what, what's the first thing that you sold? Was it a necklace? Um, Yes, actually, the first thing I sold, shout out to Mama Panda, uh, Panda Face yeah. Killer's mom. Nice. Um, she bought two necklaces from me that they were, um, or the first silver thing. She bought a different necklace from me that wasn't silver, but um, the first silver thing I sold was two different coffin necklaces that she bought Ooh, from me. Heck yeah. So they were uh, Labrador 8 coffins. And then like the bezel around them, which the bezel is like the part that like holds the stone in. Uh, was like decorative and kind of looked like a cemetery gate on both of them, like different ones. So, um, yeah, that was the first thing nice. I ever sold. So I do also do, um, I don't really do it on Instagram. It's more at conventions and stuff. I do decorative taxidermy as well. So I do, um, like I'll get butterflies that are, um, like in folded paper and stuff and I'll pose them different ways or, um, I did just take a, uh, a little while ago, I took a taxidermy class at Curious Nature and like, I've done a few jackalopes and stuff from that. So, um, but yeah, my main focus is I do, um, the silversmithing, but yeah. Heck yeah. Super rad. You're so crafty. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. (laughs) Thanks. But yeah, it's, uh, jewelry making is really rad. If you are interested in it, you should look into it. It's fun. Yeah, for sure. It's at first it was really nerve wracking because you're like, oh man, silver. I don't want to ruin this. It's really expensive. Um, but like I said, I was very fortunate that I took classes at Harold Studio, and then they also um, offer like time where you can rent um, open studio, and it's really cool because I get to first of all get equipment that I would not be 
able to afford on my own because they can afford it because they're a studio. And then um, I get exposed to a lot of other jewelers. So like, if I have an issue with anything, they're like, I'm like, hey, this isn't working or whatever. And they're like, oh, let me show you a way that I found out that I can get this to work. And I'm like, oh, that's really cool. Or um, like we have a Navajo jewelry maker who comes in and makes jewelry and stuff there too. And that's really super amazing to watch. So yeah, it's, it's really great. I like it. And it's really, like I said, it helped improve my mental health. I just need to find something physical because nothing beats, you know, hitting someone against the rail. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) For sure. Um, so with, um, the tattoo shop. Yes. Um, Lost Osman Tattoo. Yes. You mentioned that earlier. They're a sponsor of the Arizona Roller Girls and the Derby Dames. Uh, would you like to give them a shout out at this time? And where can they be located? Uh, yeah, so they're at 19th and Indian School. Um, you can find them online, Lost Dutchman Tattoo, or on Instagram, Lost Dutchman Tattoo. Um, my partner's name is jo- uh, Uncle Josh. It's Uncle Josh 13 on Instagram. He's the owner. Um, but there's like, we have a shop full of amazing tattooers. Um, Josh is the one who usually donates the, um, a gift certificate to all of the games. So they'll, um, the, the roller girls will raffle it off and that's like how everyone raises, you know, money for the league and all that stuff. So, um, but yeah, 19th and Indian school and, uh, yeah, we've been around for eight years now. Hell yeah. So if you would possibly like to try and win this raffle for this tattoo, you can come out to 59 East Broadway Road. This on the Saturday, May 20th. And check out an Arizona Roller Girls game that is an open gender matchup, by the way. So yours truly will be taking the track. And uh, yeah. It's Super Mario themed. It's yeah. Super Mario themed too. Power ups. Power ups. I don't know what that means. I don't know either. Things. It should be super fun, <laughs> and um, you can. And it's also a fundraiser too. Yeah. I yes, believe. it's a fundraiser Love for Love Pup. I would believe we can get the correction and Love add it Pup in the show foundation. notes. Yes. Um, we will put all the necessary information for the foundations and what have you in our show notes. Um, do you have anything else for our guests this evening, Master? I don't think so. That was good. Well, thank you for coming out to the Meowder Limit Studios. Thank we you for really having me. We really enjoyed the conversation with you. Um, and at this time, I would like to mention some special programming and some giveaways coming up. Until the end of May, we have a trivia question on our socials. Uh, you can check there to see what it is and find out how to win a two ounce pain, superstition pain relief stick from our show sponsor, Siphon Draw Apothecary. And um, for the month of June, we have some special programming going on. We're going to be doing a compilation of coming out stories. If you have one and would like to share it, um, it's up to you, but email it to the show and we can maybe get you scheduled on as a guest or we can just maybe read it over the air. Um, that would be called 
um, for the Pride Month, the month of June, it's out of the closet with the Boogeyman. And also until the end of June, we are still doing our sticker contest. We are selling our three-inch laminated stickers. One will cost you $3, two will cost you $5. And even if you have one already and uh, been a previous guest of the show, as long as you have this sticker and you post the sticker on one of our social media pages, at Out From Under The Bed on Instagram or Out From Under The Bed on Facebook. Get creative with it because we will be picking our most favorite one. Um, post it to the wall and um, yeah, hopefully you pick up a sticker. We do take all forms for the most part of electronic payment, Zelle, and uh, what have you. So yeah, and you're competing to win a custom Out From Under The Bed t-shirt. I can't forget to mention that. Um, so yeah, thank you all for listening to the program. You guys truly keep this going. Um, shout out to our show sponsor. Like I said, it's Siphon Draw Apothecary. If you would like to check out some of their products online, it's SiphonDraw.com. Here locally in Arizona, they could be found at 4650 North Mammoth Mine Road, Apache Junction, Arizona, 85119. The show can be found on most of your major streaming platforms, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Pandora, etc. Don't forget to leave the show a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. That really helps us out with the algorithms to help get the show noticed. Um, and uh, like I said, thank you all for listening. Thank you to our guests. Um, always look twice and save a life. Motorcycles are everywhere. This is the Boogeyman and Master Sedator. <laughs> returning back under the bed, but never back into the closet. Thank you, Devo, for being an in-studio guest this <laughs> yeah. evening. Thank you. <laughs> and yeah, so be safe out there, everybody. Thank you.